0: You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit narcissismfree.com or pathbacktoself.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia And today, we're going to talk about playing the role of the emotionally sensitive one. In every family system, especially dysfunctional families, each member plays a role. You may have heard about the golden child, the scapegoat, the clown, the invisible child, the caretaker, or... Other definitions of roles that members of a family fall into. You might even be aware of your own role. In this podcast, I want to focus on the sensitive or emotional one in the family. This member of the family may also identify with other roles like the scapegoat, the caretaker, or invisible child. But for the sake of simplicity, I just want to refer to this role as the emotional sensitive one. Now, the emotionally sensitive one may not be the scapegoat or may not be the invisible child. It's just sometimes there's crossover. So I just want to make that clear. We live in a pretty emotionally repressed society. So many of us come from families where emotions and sensitivity are not acknowledged. Some will say, my family didn't do emotions. This would suggest that most members of the family were were emotionally repressed. The reason most family systems avoid emotions is that they don't want to feel the hurt, the pain, the anxiety, and all those really uncomfortable emotions, so they avoid and repress them. The intellect is one of the most powerful ways to suppress feeling. People intellectualize and create stories that facilitate their suppression of emotion. The result is these family members don't believe they feel any particular way. They suppress all feeling and focus on intellectual achievement, or they drink, do drugs, have affairs, and use other methods of medication to avoid feeling. What happens when you come from an emotionally repressed family and you're emotionally sensitive is that the emotional feeling part of you is completely invalidated. You may be made to feel strange, unwanted, unloved, cast out, and neglected. You may be abused emotionally, verbally, physically, or even sexually. The neglect and abuse further drives home this idea that there's something about you that is inherently flawed and unlovable. And another word for this something about you that's flawed and unlovable is shame. So your core shame is really up. You may learn early in life when you have an emotional hurt or your feelings are hurt The parent you turn for for sympathy, empathy, and support gives you the opposite reaction than what you need and are looking for. They may tell you not to cry or they'll give you something to cry about. You may be told that you're a baby, even if you actually are still a baby. You may be shamed or called too sensitive, or your feelings and concerns may simply be invalidated and dismissed. The result is growing up feeling and believing that your feelings are a burden and there's something wrong with you for having them. What most people don't realize is that feelings and emotions are a necessary part of being healthy. If you're out of touch with your feelings, you are emotionally repressed. Narcissists are in denial of their feelings. So many deeply emotionally repressed family members have narcissism at the root, which is why so many people get involved with narcissistic partners. They may not even be aware that they had narcissism in their family because it didn't necessarily look the same way in an intimate relationship. But it's something to consider that a lot of people who get involved and stay involved in narcissistic relationships may have had narcissism in their family. The more narcissistic one is, the more he or she finds fault with your feelings and emotions, because to the narcissist or emotionally repressed individual, feelings are the enemy. They are the doorway to the pain, shame, and feelings of inadequacy. If the emotional body is covered up with pretty ideas of oneself, he or she doesn't have to feel all those really uncomfortable feelings. And the longer one's been hiding, suppressing, and covering up those painful, uncomfortable feelings, the more out of touch he or she becomes. What also happens when one suppresses all the feelings and emotions is they come up in another or other members of the family system. The emotionally sensitive one is the leak in the hose, so to speak. All the repressed feelings of that family system are not only being felt by the sensitive one, but the sensitive one is often the scapegoat for others to project their own unwanted feeling states onto. Most children who are emotionally sensitive feel all the suppressed feelings in the family and end up believing that those feelings are theirs. They may become emotionally overwhelmed, but have no place to turn for support. All the shame, blame, guilt, unworthiness, and feelings of inadequacy buried in the bodies of other family members end up being carried by the emotionally sensitive one who's feeling all of it. Imagine the load that child is carrying. And there's nobody to help that child understand what is happening inside and why they're feeling so horrible. Since that child naturally expresses the pain and horror of what he or she is feeling on some level, and there's no support or understanding offered in that family system, the child grows up feeling there's something really wrong with her or with him. The shame is very deep. And since other members of that family unconsciously project their own unfelt shame and unworthiness, anger, and fear onto the sensitive one, it further embeds the message. If you are emotionally sensitive, you might have heard, you are the problem. There's something wrong with you. I was the emotionally sensitive child, and of course... I didn't know about any of this until I went into therapy at the age of 19 for, for my eating disorder. I had developed an eating disorder as a teenager as a way of coping and dealing with the intense feelings that I didn't want to feel. I also became a writer and a musician as alternative ways to express those heavy emotions. The sensitive one often does turn to some kind of artistic expression and or may also turn to drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, or like me, an eating disorder, or also may develop a mental illness. Now the family may appear to be a good, solid, successful family. The parents may have good jobs and provide very well for the family. They may live in a nice home, and the mother and father may even take on the everyday task of parenting. So it may seem like they come from a good, loving and caring family. The opposite is true as well. The family may have a parent or parents who are alcoholic, drug addicted, workaholics, narcissist, mentally ill, and unable to provide for or take care of the children. Emotional repression is rewarded in our society, and intellectual mastery is also rewarded. The masculine characteristics of logic, reasoning, intellect, and accomplishment are the most valued, admired, and rewarded by our society, so there isn't much room for emotions. But our emotional nature is our feminine nature, along with our intuition, nurturing, and creativity. But these characteristics or qualities have not been rewarded, appreciated, or admired by society in the same way that the intellectual qualities are. The key word here is balance. We need balance in all things. There are two sides to everything. There's two sides of a coin, a pancake, and a piece of paper. There is night and there is day. There is masculine and there is feminine. Although we may say that one side is better than the other, the truth is one could not be there without the other. Even with good and evil, we could not know good if we didn't have the contrast of evil. Our society has been extremely out of balance. The masculine principles have dominated for eons. In order to restore our planet and our society to wholeness, we need to honor the feminine principles equally to the masculine. This means honoring our emotional nature, our creativity, our intuitive knowing and our capacity to nurture. It's important to know that if you are emotionally sensitive, there's nothing wrong with you. On the contrary, there's something right with you. You're feeling, you're alive. You don't need emotional healing. You need emotional boundaries. Most people are not aware that because of their emotional sensitivity, they have learned to absorb or take on the emotions of others. They may not know where they end and another begins. They may not be aware of what is theirs and what belongs to someone else. They may take on the projections of others because it's been normal for them to do so. Emotionally sensitive people may also crave validation. They may need to be seen, heard, and valued, mostly because they've been unseen, unheard, and invalidated for so long. Our tendency as emotionally sensitive people is to try to get validation from the very people who have been invalidating us for most of our life. And unconsciously, we also pick someone who is like the people who invalidated us as children. And this is because we have always had this strong need to get validation from the people who have invalidated us. But the people we need it from the most are the ones who are the least capable of providing that validation. And so we have to learn to let go of trying to get validation where it is not. I always talk about the need to validate ourselves. And this is a new concept for most. How do we validate ourselves? How do we find ourselves worthy of love, acceptance, and approval? Well, first of all, we have to stop seeing ourselves as faulty or broken and start embracing our beautiful qualities, our deep feeling heart, our sensitivity, our creativity, our intuition, and all the qualities that make us who we are. Even if we don't fit in with the crowd and are not like others in our family, or even in our social group, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us. We need to validate for ourselves that we are okay. We are lovable, we are wanted, and we are enough. The more we can accept ourselves, the more we learn to be true to ourselves and follow the path of our heart as well as following inspiration. Instead of doing what we think we should do, We do what we feel drawn to do. We allow that intuitive, innate inner guidance to lead us to where we will be the most happy and fulfilled. We also learn to trust this innate wisdom and allow it to guide us every day, every step of the way. This takes us deeper and deeper into our true nature. Instead of following the rules of society and what we believe will bring us the most attention and approval, we follow our own inner navigational system, our inner GPS. Because who says that society's got it right? Does society look healthy to you? Does it look like we as a whole humanity are thriving? or does it look like we're deteriorating? To me, it looks like we're deteriorating. And this is because as a whole, we are suppressing who we really are and doing what we're told that we should do. The result is people are going against their own inner nature, which results in their being sick, depressed, unhappy, and unfulfilled in their life. They're plugged into a system instead of into their deepest truth. We as the emotionally or energetically sensitive ones are the forerunners of a healthier society. We are the ones most likely to break free first because we got rejected by society early on. Those of us who found our way through the pain and the difficulty and rose up into our true self and started living life according to the divine plan, not society's plan, are the ones that tend to be healthier. And so we are the ones showing others that being true to ourselves is really the way. In the end, we are happier, healthier and more fulfilled in our lives. Be willing to get clear about who you are and why you are here. What is your purpose in life? What are you inspired to do? Allow your sensitive nature to guide you. Learn how to avoid taking on other people's suppressed emotions and projected pain and trauma. Know what is yours, what belongs to you, and what doesn't. Be aware when you're picking up on other people's stuff and acknowledge that to yourself. Walk away from people who are projecting onto you. Recognize it isn't yours. It doesn't belong to you, and you don't have to carry it or take it on. As you practice doing this day after day, You become stronger in yourself, and you will find that people start to admire you because they can see that you are living your best life, that you are being true to yourself, and people sense that you're the real deal in integrity with yourself and walking your talk, and this means that people will trust you more. It's when you need and want validation from others the least that you get it much more. And this is the beauty of being your authentic self. So I want to thank you so much for being here and listening today. I hope that you got some good gems out of this one. If you would like to work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, kalialaroche.com, which is also pathbacktoself.com or narcissismfree.com. If you're interested in listening to some of my hypnosis downloads, you can go to inner-transformations with an s.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast.